What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Caleb Rutherford, and I'm grateful that we have this opportunity to record together. Um, this is th- These last few episodes have been a joy for me to do as we've been bringing on guests, uh, and today is no different. I'm excited to have uh, a great friend and brother on the podcast, Chase Green. Chase, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Appreciate it. It's good to, to be here with you down in uh, Roanoke, and I'm going to try to stay awake, but it's kind of hard to do when you feed me chicken wings right before we record, but... Uh, Seriously, it's it's good to uh, be close to you, just an hour away now, so uh, that's good. We're able to be here in person and record together. Yeah, it is It's pretty neat that now that we're, um, of course, I'm in the Roanoke, Texas, north of Fort Worth area, um, and you, it takes you, what, an hour to drive here? Or yeah, so? hour, maybe a little longer <laughs> with traffic, but not bad so, at all. So not too bad at all, but uh, um, appreciate that. I'm glad that we have an opportunity to get together to record. Uh, as always, thank you guys so much for tuning in and for being with us. Um, you know, you can go to our website, find out more information there about the network, scatteredabroad.org. Um, you can also find all of our podcasts on every major podcast platform. If you want to find all of them in one place, just search for Scattered Abroad Network Master Feed, and we would uh, pr- greatly appreciate it if you would subscribe and leave us a rating or a review. Um, we have been talking this entire season about Second <coughs> uh, Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. We've been looking um, at this idea of, of being transformed uh, or transformed into Christian living. What exactly does living the life of a Christian mean? Um, and these last couple episodes, like I mentioned a moment ago, we have been interviewing different individuals who I think um, are appropriate to talk to about this particular subject in terms of how to live a, a life that is pleasing to God and that reflects um, that of a Christian. Um, so, Chase, let me ask you this, and we've been asking everybody, uh, and we'll continue for, for the next episode or so, um, by asking this question, talking about Second Peter chapter 1, when you look at verses 1 through 12, or verses 1 through 11, really, and this is kind of what our, our entire text has been for this entire season, what does that mean to you? When you read through that and you study, I know you've looked at it, we looked at it in school, other places, um, what, what is, what does this mean to you? Yeah, well, uh, to me, I think about the overall context of the book of second Peter, you know, uh, God has given us everything that we need in his word. That's, uh, verses three and four of chapter one. And, uh, we have to grow and that's verses five and following of right. chapter one, which is, you know, kind of the highlight here that we're talking about, but you can keep going and you get to chapter two. And it talks about how there's false teachers. There are those who are basically turning the grace of God into lasciviousness sure. and, and living basically however you want and all kinds of sins uh, they would be promoting. And uh, you can kind of cross-reference that with Romans chapter 6, verses 1 and following. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Also, the book of Jude deals with that quite a bit. It talks about those that had crept in unaware unawares and um, you know they were very ungodly men and and Jude uses that word over and over again to describe them so that's chapter two here in second Peter dealing with the false teachers that are coming in and then chapter three deals with the fact that judgment is coming sure and uh, God is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness but is long-suffering to us not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance that's uh, chapter 3, verse 9. So I like to look at the the whole book and then kind of zoom back in to what we're talking about specifically, which is chapter 1, verses uh, 1 through, through 11. And we think about the existence of the false teachers that are going to come in, and uh, they're teaching really, you know, condemnable lifestyles right, right. and practices. <clears throat> and, you know, the coming judgment that, that will be, and 
this should compel us and should remind us that we have to grow. We have to be able to withstand the evil that is constantly around us. And uh, I think of a lot of parallels in Ephesians chapter 6, where Paul writes that we are at war, essentially. Sure. And uh, we are to put on the whole armor of God so that we can withstand the wiles or the schemes of the devil. And uh, he is constantly hurling you know, fiery darts our way yeah. uh, with various sinful uh, distractions and, and things that he's trying to get us involved in that we shouldn't be involved in. So long story short, we have to grow as Christians in order to be able to withstand these attacks. And, and so Peter writes that you have to give all diligence, and that's uh, verse 5. And I'd like to parallel that with, of course, 2 Timothy 2.15. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Uh, the New King James Version has the idea of be diligent to do that. Right. And so we need to be diligent, and we need to add to our faith. So if you think of it in kind of a, a uh, way of thinking about a math problem, well, we want to get to a complete Christian. How are we going to get there? Well... We need to add to our faith. What does that say about faith only, right? Sure. You have to add to it. So what do you do? You add to your faith, virtue, and, you know, plus knowledge, plus self-control, plus perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, love. You add all, the, oh, add all of those things up, and you equal a complete Christian. So that's that's really what this text means to me. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I appreciate you, you going into great detail about that. And I think it's interesting, too. You know, when you, when, it, when you and I try to try to study, we always um, talk about context, right? Making context is extremely key in understanding um, everything that there is around it. And I think it's interesting when you look at the in, the book in its entirety, you talk about how um, how you deal with these uh, false teachers, right? And how you can't be effective doing that without going back first and making sure that you yourself are living the right kind of life. Well, how do I do that? Well, I look at these the, these attributes here, right? These characteristics um, that I need to be adding to my life. And then when I do that, chapter three, I am going to be okay when the day of judgment comes. Um, and I'm going to make sure that I'm doing exactly what I need to do. Um, and then it talks about, and I talked about this in an episode before, um, but when you get to the end of the chapter, talking about in there in chapter three, um, <clears throat> you look at the end of at verse 17, he, he talks about, or excuse me, verse 16, talks about those who twist the scriptures to their own destruction, talking about people who um, who try to live their lives the way that they want to live them, but, it, but how it doesn't matter to them what the scriptures say, they're going to make it say what they want it to say. And so understanding that, I guess, kind of what we're talking about here and have been talking about for this entire season is kind of like, a, I guess, a springboard um, for the, the, the life of a Christian and how you have to have these things um, in your life, or be, you have to be adding them and working on adding them in your life, um, or else none of these other things are going to fall into place. Um, and again, I think, and I mentioned this as well earlier, and I'll get your thoughts on this too, when it talks about adding to your faith, and you mentioned that already, it's so important to understand that you, in order to be a successful Christian, you have to first have faith, right? And, and then all of these other things are going to come. Um, and faith is so f- foundational, it's so vital, it's so important to us as Christians, would you say? Faith, uh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, um, faith really should be the umbrella under which everything else we do, you know, is. Uh, Faith is belief, certainly, but it's more than just mere belief. It's also a follow-through. It's an obedient lifestyle of faith. And we see that in Hebrews 10, verse 39, leading into chapter 11. 
by faith Noah did this, by faith Abel right, did right. that, etc. So we have to live out our faith. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when we talk about growth as Christians and transforming like we're about to get to in a moment, mm-hmm. um, we need to realize, you know, First Peter, you know, go back to First Peter chapter 2, verse 2, it uh, says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk or the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. When we first become a Christian, that's the starting point. Right. We have right. to keep growing. And that's where this adding that we've been talking about comes in. Sure. No, I think you're exactly right. And it's interesting as we kind of transition into this, the second point, when we talk about living the life of a Christian, making sure that we're doing all that we're supposed to do, um, it really comes down to this idea of being different from the world, doesn't it? Um, everything that is involved with living the life of a Christian means you're going to look different from the people around you, from the world around you. So talk a little bit about this idea of transforming, kind of the idea really behind the podcast, I guess, of uh, talking about the name of it. Um, talk a little bit about just how our lives are to look as it compares to the life of a Christian and someone who lives a life who's in the world. Yeah, well, that's where I was going. You, you know, the basis of your entire podcast is this idea of transformed living. Right. And, of course, goes back to Romans 12, right. verses yep. 1 and 2. And uh, that has to do, of course, with, you know, presenting our, our bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service. And I always like to highlight that because right. God's not asking us to do anything we're incapable sure. Absolutely. of. Absolutely. But uh, Romans 12, verse 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we can do it. We can be faithful to him. We can be acceptable in his sight, but it's going to involve a transformation. It's going to involve a process of growth. Again, when you become a Christian, you're baptized into Christ, that's the starting point. There's a lot still left to do as you grow. And uh, you can keep reading in Romans chapter 12. And in my Bible, I've got a lot of underlining in Romans 12, and I've got uh, little circles with number one, two, three, four, five. I've got 31 different things underlined and circled. Oh, wow. That kind of shows us, <laughs> hey, these are the things we need to be doing uh, as we transform and become more and yeah. more like Christ. So, for instance, number one is found in chapter th- in uh, verse 3, that we are not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. Sure. Number two, uh, we need to think soberly. So there's the opposite of right. thinking too right. highly of ourselves. You skip down to verse 6. Number three, we need to use them use what use the gifts that we have and uh he is talking about some some uh, miraculous gifts but right. but we can make the application right. for other gifts as well yeah. you skip down to verse uh, 9 i've got number 4 let love be without hypocrisy number 5 also in verse 9 abhor what is evil mm-hmm. uh number 6 cling to what is good and uh, you can keep going but i've got 31 that i've been able to kind of pick out in in this chapter Guess what? There's 31 days in most months, yep. or you know, 30, or sometimes 28 or 29. Right. right? <laughs> but nonetheless, you know, you can take those 31 things and say, "Hey, today's the first. I'm going to work on this first one right. for today, and yeah. t- tomorrow I'm going to work on number two, and, and I'm going to work on transforming uh, every day, you know, of our lives." Absolutely. When I kind of going back to something that you said a minute ago, the idea of, of growth and the fact that it's all a process, right? You, you can't expect yourself. As soon as you come out of the watery grave of baptism, that you know you're this perfect Christian like that, you know, and that you know everything there is to know. Because, I mean, nobody's at that point anyway. You know, you take the most experienced Christian in the world, and there's still things that they can do better, right? There's still things that they can learn, and, and, and they can still go through that growth process. So, and I think it's unfortunate a lot of people are, I think, afraid of taking that step of becoming a Christian because they feel like they don't know everything that they that there is to know, um, and. 
you know, I, I know you're going to say something about this, but just the idea of understanding that you don't have to know everything that there is to know, right, in order to first become a Christian, because you have, you adopt this, this attitude and this idea uh, of growing. Well, it's that, you know, people <laughs> think, well, I don't know enough, and then sometimes people also think, well, I just can't do this, I, yeah. I struggle with right, sin X, right, Y, right. and Z. Well, yeah, and, you know, sometimes people, I think, they, they don't want to obey the gospel because they think, well, I'm totally unworthy. Yeah. Well, yeah, you are. Right. That's the point. But right. Jesus is the one who can, you know, through him and what he did for you, he he will help you overcome. Yeah. And and we've got to remember that. And so sometimes people have a big hang-up, and they say, well, why should I even try? Because yeah. I, I struggle with so much. Absolutely. And so we need to remember that. But um, um, it's just, <clears throat> you know, the Christian life is— is the the most wonderful life to live. It is right. the best blessed life, as we right. say, but it's also a metamorphosis. And that transformation that you read about in Romans chapter twelve, the Greek word is metamorpho. It's where we get our word metamorphosis. And you think about it when um, when you have a butterfly, it didn't start as a butterfly. It started as a caterpillar. Right. Then it goes through that ugly stage of uh-huh. a pupae or whatever it's called, a, a cocoon, right? <laughs> And then it becomes a beautiful butterfly. We need to realize that there's going to be a starting point. We're going to be babes in Christ, and then we're going to grow, and we're going to learn more. You know, you talked about the knowledge. We're going to learn more. That's why we study. And sometimes that growth process, kind of alluding to your illustration there, it's not always pretty either, right? Right. Sometimes there's ups and there's downs and there's bumps in the road um, in that growth process. We're going to go through the the school of hard knocks as Christians, and we need to— There's growing pains. Exactly. We need to be aware of that, and we need to realize, okay— I'm here now, but I want to be here, right. and, and I'm motioning right. higher tomorrow. Right? right? Yeah. When you set those expectations, um, and you set them, you set them high, right? Because that's that's who we're supposed to be. Um, you know, you you strive for perfection, but understanding that you'll never reach it. But when you have that goal and you're always striving for it, it you, you you'll be living the life that you're supposed to live. Um, and I think it all falls into place from there. Yeah, and then also kind of on the second part of your question about how are we supposed to look different compared to those around us? Yeah. Well, that's that's it. We should be different. Right. Uh, there should be an immediate, clear distinction between us and the world, you know, how we talk, how we right. dress, how we act, etc. And we are told in um, Titus 2 verse 14 that we're to be a peculiar people, zealous mm-hmm. of good works. Right. That word peculiar, it, it does mean strange. It means different. And that's okay. We need to be okay with being different than, you know, our friends, uh, our family even, etc. We need to be okay with that. First Peter 4 verse 4 says, you know, they think it's strange that you right. don't run with them to the same flood of dissipation. The idea being they think it's strange that we don't go and, and do all the right. sinful things right. that they do. Well, we're different, and, yep. and we should be. That's not something we should be ashamed well, of, and we don't need to give in to peer pressure. Right. Well, you jump back into chapter 2 and verse 9. Obviously, the verse where Peter talks about being a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Holy nation is on special people. We're different, right? We've been called out of darkness, out of the world, into his marvelous light, walking as Christians. But then you continue on and you get to verse 11. Beloved, he says, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims. So obviously showing us that we don't belong in this world, right? We're, we're to be different because we're not like them. We're different. We're aliens, uh, um, as, an, as another passage tells us. Um, so it's important to understand who we are. Um, as Christians and the fact that this world is not our home and we're just simply passing through, as the song says, that we sing so many times. And I think too many times we lose sight of that. 
Um, and when we do lose sight of that, we begin to falter, I suppose, as it comes to the, the living the life of a Christian, because we begin to get so wrapped up in the world and everything that the world offers us. Um, we need to be very careful of, of the pitfalls that, that come with that and the entrapments that get us into that position uh, in the first place. So I think it's just something important to understand. Something else I think that's also important for us to understand um, is the uh, idea of being able to look within yourself as a Christian and making sure that you are continuing to do everything that you need to do. Um, and I think a lot of that comes with this idea of self-analyzing, right? And being able to look at myself and say, okay, here's where I can do better. Here's where um, I have messed up and I need to completely change that. You know, understanding and, and looking at yourself with, with honest and, and open eyes um, and, and having an open heart to understand where you can get better um, and where you can improve. Um, and I think a lot of it boils down to the idea of having a, a humble attitude, right? Um, and, and, uh, and, and seeing my, my life as something that uh, is simply in service to God and how can I make it better for him? Um, so talk a little bit about this idea of being willing and able to self-analyze, but not only just to self-analyze, but to do it in the right way. Yeah. Um, at the time of recording this, we're in January right. and, uh, one of my favorite times of year as far as getting kind of a boost is uh, around the new year right. when we set goals for ourselves sure. and we try to, uh, you know, we try to look at what we were in the previous year and try to improve. And that's so important. You know, we don't need to just do that in January. We need to do that right. throughout the year. So right. when this episode comes out later in the year, how many of our listeners are still going to be keeping their you know, New Year's resolutions. We need to, we need to focus. We need to have realistic goals that right, are attainable, right. and we need to constantly be examining ourselves. I mean, Paul talks about you know we need to examine ourselves yep. whether we are in the faith. But I think that if we're not extremely careful, if we don't maintain this humility that you talked about, we can begin to think that we have arrived sure. somehow. Sure. And if we ever get to that point where we think we've arrived, we're in big trouble right. because, you know, that's where the, the Pharisees were coming from. They, yep. they thought they had it all figured out. They yep. thought they knew everything. And, uh, Jesus called them out. I mean, they right. had, they had much to learn. They, they got a lot of, they got a lot of things, but then they missed other extremely important sure. things as well. Um, you know, I think also first John one verses eight through 10, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And, you know, you can keep reading right. in First uh, John chapter 1. That's so important. We've got to be willing to acknowledge our imperfections and realize, hey, I sin from time to time. If we say we have no sin, we lie, we, we lie and we make God a liar. Now, right. God is not a liar, right. but we make him out to be one uh, by making such foolish statements mm -hmm. as that. And we better not say that. Um, I'd, hate, I'd hate to answer for that on the Day of Judgment. Yeah. Well, I, I don't sin. That is the most prideful yeah, uh, mindset that someone could ever have. We all right. have to acknowledge that we need Jesus and, and we uh, we sin and we need his help. And so going back into that is the idea of this self, you know, analyzing, looking at our lives, making sure, okay, where am I doing well? Where am I not doing well? And what can I do to improve? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important that we are willing to self-analyze or willing to do it in the right way with the right heart, the right attitude. Because uh, if we don't, and I think I may have mentioned this on an earlier episode, but if we don't, we end up like the church at Laodicea, right? And then Revelation chapter 3, where they talk about 
uh, how they think that they're great. They're, they're not in need of anything. And then Jesus comes back in and he says, well, actually, you're wretched, you're poor, you're miserable, you're blind. Um, he says, you need to, you know, have, have an attitude check. Um, and you would have seen it if you had been willing to look at your, yourself with the right way, uh, in the right eyes. Um, so it's very, very important to make sure that we are willing to look at ourselves uh, in the right way and use the Bible like we talk about, you know, in the book of James. The Bible's a mirror, James chapter 1, um, and understanding that it's going to show us our imperfections. But then be honest with yourself and be willing to adapt and make those changes. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, we talk about the humility of everything. <clears throat> and, you know, James also talks about how we have to humble ourselves in the eyes of the Lord and he will lift us up. But uh, it all goes back to that. And I find it interesting that that list of 31 things or you might— you might pick out a few more depending on how you how you break it down. Sure. But in uh, Romans chapter 12, the very first one that I found is we're not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. Right. If we keep that humility, that's going to help us to analyze ourselves properly in the light of what the scriptures teach. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, it all, and again, and I've said this before, when you look at sin, you boil it down to the root of the problem what is it? well it's almost always pride if not every single time right well yeah. and, and i is the middle right. letter in exactly. that word it's right. all being consumed with you know me myself and i what can i do to put myself in a better situation the way i think i'm gonna you know be pleased and feel better you know that exactly. that's, that's what it all boils down to so making sure that we we don't do that and we have the right attitude is, is vitally important but let's do, let's kind of switch gears a little bit chase and talk about this how do you and i approach people and we all know individuals uh, for those of us who are Christians, we know people who are not living the right kind of life, right? We know Christians um, who have fallen away, uh, who, are, who are maybe, and, and this is this is interesting too when you think about it this way. There's a lot of people who, I guess, quote unquote, haven't fallen away, right? Maybe people in our congregations that we know of who are there, they're involved, but there's something in their life that is is not right in harmony with God. How do you approach people like that? Well, number one, again, in the spirit of humility, I think we need to remember that we've all been there too. Sure. Uh, maybe we're not there currently, but we've been there at some point. So we need to remember that and and you know approach others with uh, with tact and with care, and uh, repeatedly if necessary. And uh, we're going to get to this in Matthew chapter eighteen in just a moment. But then also uh, lovingly, of course, and sure. Ephesians four fifteen talks about speaking the truth. And doing so in love, and it takes both. You've got to teach them the truth, or, or you know, speak the truth to them. Otherwise, you're just going to be okay with a lie. And oh, you know, you're fine. You can do whatever right. you want. Well, right. no, that's a lie. We've got to speak the truth to them. But we've also got to do so in love, and and don't forget that part as well. But Matthew 18 verses 15 and following is really uh, where we we need to kind of hinge how we. We handle this because Jesus tells us exactly how we handle it. He says, "Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Don't don't air it out on Facebook. Don't don't go tell everybody except him. Right. No, you go right. to him and you and him alone, and you you hash it out. And uh, by the way, I always point out when I'm reading through this text, if a brother, mm. that implies a tremendous family relationship. If we're not the family that we're supposed to be, yeah. it doesn't work as well because sure. There has to be a committed family relationship between Christians, so much so that if if it's lost because of withdrawing fellowship, for instance, it hurts so much that it draws them back. Yeah. So if a brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. Verses 16 and 17, he, he basically says, look, you need to uh, 
if, if that doesn't work, you need to expand it. You need to say, okay, two or three witnesses. If that doesn't work, take it before the whole church. Right. If he still refuses to hear you when you've taken it before the whole, whole church, that's when it is the responsibility of the church to withdraw from a brother. And in that situation, Jesus says, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, you, and I think a lot of this <clears throat> goes back to a mindset. I don't know if we've talked about that, but I think when you just look at Christianity as a whole, right, a lot of this has to deal with, has to do with, with your mindset and how you are able to deal with people and their situations. Um, you know, having that humble mindset, understanding that, you know, we've we've sinned in our lives too, Romans 3.23. We're all deserving of death, Romans 6.23. Jesus Christ died for every single person just the same as he died for you and for me. And so when we start with that, I think it kind of changes the way that we see things. Um, not that it makes the sin or whatever it is that they're doing any less worse than what it is, but I think it changes the way that you approach them, right? Yeah, absolutely. So you've got your, your humility there and your love that we've talked about. One other kind of uh, different way to look at it is, you know, it also takes courage to sure. go and, and speak to somebody. A lot of times we don't like confrontation. Yeah. We, uh, we would just rather swoop things under the rug. Mm-hmm. But that just allows the sin to grow and, and get worse. And so we need to also have courage to be willing to go when we see something, uh, you know, that's in the lives of our, our brethren, that we can go to them lovingly and say, look, well, I, I'd I, like to help you with this. And I think we also we have a responsibility, right, to our brethren right. to, to take those things. Um, and we would want the exact same thing done to us. Uh, if, we're li- if we're the right kind of people, we want to, you know, see those mistakes and flaws in our lives so that we can know how to fix them and, and be who we need to be. Um, Chase, let me ask you this as we begin to kind of close things out. Uh, I know we could have talked about that a lot longer, um, but we just, just for the sake of time, we need to move on. Um, but let me ask this last question. What are some things that you and I can do, or maybe our listeners can do, just a Christian in general can do, to better live our lives for Christ? Um, as we're talking about this idea of transforming into Christian living, living the Christian life, living our life according to the scriptures, what are some things that I can do to help myself in that area? I think um, the things that we talked about today in Romans 12 and Second Peter chapter 1, live those out. You know, sure. Study them often. Uh, familiarize yourself with them and live them out. But also I think we need to realize that we're not perfect. And so, again, we need to give ourselves room for growth. Right. But at the same time, certainly we need to admit those imperfections, but we don't need to just throw our hands up and relegate ourselves to our imperfections and kind of, you know, use that as a cop-out to, sure. to uh, you know, not grow and to not study and to be okay with sin and things like that. No, we can't be okay with sin. If we ever come to the point where we're okay with it, then that's exactly what, uh, you know, Jude talked about and what, uh, sec- you know, Second Peter's talking about and Romans chapter 6, etc. No, we have to acknowledge and, and confess sin in our lives. You know, read First John. But um, we can't be okay with it. We've got to constantly be striving to, um, you know, to overcome it and to be more and more like Christ. Right. And uh, walking in the light, First John 1, verse 7, if someone is walking in the light, then when they sin, the light is going to shine on them, and they're going to say, they're going to realize, that was a sin. I mm-hmm. need to repent. I'm going to repent of that, and I'm going to confess it to God. And, and then I'm going to get back up and keep going. Uh, Proverbs 24, verse 16, I think it is, talks about if the righteous fall seven times, but ri- you know he can rise again. Mm-hmm. we got to remember that 
we we may fall and, and we will stumble and fall, but we've got to get back up. We've got to keep yeah. going, and uh, we do have to to grow, like we've been saying. And Christians, Christians, we need to remember that uh, you know our Christian walk ten, twenty, thirty, fifty years after we became a Christian, we should be much, much further. We should be sinning less and less, right. and we should be more and more like Christ as we grow. Right. Yeah, absolutely. One of the, I, I was preaching a couple weeks ago, and I said something about, you know, looking at your your Christian growth and seeing, you know, where are you? You know, look at yourself 20 years in the future. You know, are you going to be more spiritually mature? Are you going to be more knowledgeable, et cetera? But then I said, you know, you can make application of that right now. Look at your look at your life, you know, right now, and then a year a year before now. You know, is there growth? Have you seen, you know, the, the your life improve? Um, and if you have, that's great. It needs to continue that way. But if you haven't, maybe it's time for an attitude check. Maybe it's time for a heart check. You know, um, uh, and making sure that that we're that we're doing all that we can to to be the best that we can be for God. So yeah, um, you know, when when we are examining ourselves like that. It could be the case that we have grown, and if so, that's wonderful. We right. don't we don't need to just pat ourselves on the back and again think that we have arrived. Uh, but sometimes we may examine ourselves in that manner and find that we're just kind of you know stuck in neutral. Sure. We're lukewarm. <clears throat> we may find that we're stagnating and actually um, you know growing worse and worse and falling into more sin in our lives and not yeah. studying as much as we should, right, et cetera. Right. So when we find ourselves in those kind of ruts, uh, we need a reality check, a gut check, if you will. We need to uh, pray and maybe seek out our brethren, somebody we can trust, and and you know just air it out. You know James five verse sixteen: confess your faults one to another, pray for one another. Sure. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. So we're here for one another. You know also Galatians six one and two as we kind of wrap up talks about bearing one another's burdens and right. so fulfilling the law of Christ. That's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. God knew that we needed the camaraderie that we have in the church. He knew that we needed each other to, to boost one another up. And so don't forget to rely on your brethren yeah, as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great point. Making sure that, you know, you surround yourself with the right kind of people, finding yourself a good, a good home congregation, you know, um, getting involved, building those relationships. That, that is certainly uh, something that is such uh, of such benefit, right, to, to to the Christians. So that's so so very important. Chase, thanks so much, man, for for sharing some thoughts on this. I appreciate it. Uh, you taking some time and hopping on the podcast. I always enjoy having you, and uh, hopefully this was beneficial to our listeners. So thanks so much, man. Yeah, man, really enjoyed it. Appreciate it. Chase is the host of the Everyday Christian Podcast that airs every single Monday. Um, so if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out, um, late it, and actually, I guess it's in May. When this sounds is coming good. out, I think it sounds good. <laughs> um, anyways, when you're listening to this on the day that it comes out, which is a Tuesday, um, then one of Chase's episodes will have just aired uh, the day before on Monday. So go back to listen to that. Um, he has an ent- We're nearing the end of the season at the time that this is airing. So you have a bunch of seasons to go back and look at if you're just now joining. Uh, so thank you so much uh, for going back to, look- to listening to those and for continuing to stay with us. We're greatly appreciative of that. As always, you can find more information on our website, scatteredabroad.org. Um, thank you again so much for being with us. Look forward to he- being with you on the next one. And until then, may God bless you.